Well, 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 Zadavian Sims announcing on Saturday, 345. 345 in the afternoon on Saturday, we'll find if the four-star defensive lineman picks OU, Oregon, Vanderbilt, TCU, or Michigan State. Did I see that Parker Thune just put in a rival's future cast for Zadavian Sims to OU, or is that an old future cast that I'm just now seeing? Yeah, no, that was that was last night on OU Insider Ooh, Live. So. You you dropped a live future cast? I dropped a live future cast. Unbelievable. That got everyone excited, I'm sure. Live future cast. Does he have any other balls or future cast or predictions or whatever everyone else calls it to anywhere else other than OU at this point? Are there still some lingering Michigan State predictions in there for Zadavian Sims? Or there are. OU? I expect them to vanish because Michigan State is out of the running here. Completely out of the running. And have been. They have been out of the running. Kind of feels like that, that's been the case for a while. Maybe Michigan State won't even have a hat on the table Saturday when you go down <laughs> to Duran. Maybe there will be a sweet – you know, you, you see so many random hats around. Um, I remember seeing Montreal Expos hats around OKC at one point because they had them in stock at Lids. Have you ever in your life and, – and I've seen you in, what, a South Dakota State shirt before in here. You, you can see some random collegiate apparel. But ever in your life, have you seen a Vanderbilt hat before? Because I got to say, out of all the random teams and gear that I've seen before, I don't know if I've ever seen any Vanderbilt apparel up it's close. Because you does it does it exist? It's because you haven't been to Omaha for the College World Series. Well, true, I have not. That's Vanderbilt the only place doesn't where... have many fans, but what fans they do, all congregate in Omaha for the College World Series when the doors make it that far. I'm convinced that uh, Vanderbilt apparel is only made and sold in Omaha, Nebraska. You can't find it anywhere outside of the greater Omaha area. And not that their gear looks all that great either. You know, they don't have a great logo. They don't have a great color scheme. Uh, but if Vanderbilt has a hat on the table on Saturday, that'll be something. Yeah, it, it feels like uh, Zadavian Sims to OU, or at least that's the feel on Tuesday of Decision Week. What's the, uh, what's the fallout, though, if we get a signing day surprise and he picks Oregon on Saturday. Complete meltdown. Todd Bates needs to be fired. Situation I, I, like I that. I will be honest. If it like in a world where Zadavian Sims commits to Oregon on Saturday, it still doesn't change my opinion as to where he signs. He's not going to go far from home, not that far. So it, if on the off chance he were to commit to Oregon. I still believe Zadavian Sims would put pen to paper in favor of Oklahoma come signing day. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, Vanderbilts, they got to be in the discussion of worst collegiate merchandise that's out there, at least uh, what it looks like. Now, hey, I know text line, and I agree with you. Texas has the worst merchandise out there. Still, I, Texas had all the colors to pick from in the world, and they chose that god-awful color. So Texas, pretty bad merchandise. I'm just curious what the text line thinks, which uh, school out there has the worst-looking merchandise out of anyone out there. Vanderbilt, pretty bad. I think Iowa State looks pretty bad as well. There's a couple of bad color schemes with a couple of bad logos. Interesting. Vanderbilt, you don't like the new Vanderbilt logo? No, uh-uh. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> not, not at like, all. You can't what, really... What's the new one? Just the, the V that they have yeah, now? The that's v? it? Nah, it's no. like it's crisp gold V. Now, look, I don't feel like you can go wrong with black and gold as a color scheme. It's clean. I'm I'm trying to think what color schemes slash combinations really grind my gears. 
Are you not I, a UCLA, the the powder blue look along with the gold? It's like, like all right, I we like get those, it. Man. You guys got good weather. You, you ever notice that? The, the, the teams with great weather, like Miami, they have to have a color scheme that's like, okay, oh, there you our go. The weather is beautiful here. There you go. Miami's color scheme I find annoying. Orange and green? Yeah. Little, little odd. Yeah, not a fan of that one. Florida A&M is on the text line. I believe that's another orange and green uh, color scheme. Yes, Florida exactly. Florida A&M. Um, I would say any team that tries to mess with a blackout look where it doesn't belong, like Louisville, right? Louisville's best uniforms are just the traditional red jerseys, white pants, white helmets. Where things got out of control for Louisville aesthetically was when they started doing the chrome helmets and the blackout jerseys, and I just – I don't like any of that stuff. Oklahoma State, I used to hate their jerseys. This new package that they've unrolled, it's improved. I can get behind. It's yeah. better. Uh, Boise State has the worst gear. <laughs> I'm willing to say Boise State just because, yeah, it's Boise State. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Virginia Tech is getting some play here. Maryland sucks on there. Maryland has gone um, – Maryland's just gone too crazy. Not, yeah, not they that tried they had to do a, the flag design. Yeah, on not that they had a great uniform scheme before, but Maryland, it's like, what, what are you guys doing? Like, just keep the terp, the script terps across the uh, the helmet there. Texas is bad. Maroon is ugly. Says Jim in Arlington. Big Rick and Owasso. This is a good one. Wyoming. Okay, well, it's Wyoming. That's though. a pretty no, tough I, little. No one that's ca- a pretty tough color scheme. No one cares about Wyoming. Mississippi so. States, Oregon, and Baylor both look like farm equipment. <laughs> Bowling uh, green. Swing and a miss on not using green. Yeah, no joke. Like yeah. orange and brown. I remember green was right there. I remember when they came to Norman in 2004 for the season opener. It's yeah. like, what are these? That's when they, that's when we first got our look at uh, our first look at Adrian Peterson and said, oh yeah, he's really good. He is worthy of all five of those stars that he got uh, gotten recruiting. Uh, recruiting Doomer one says, oh, I would no. like to change my name to recruiting. No boomer. Not allowing it. Not well, allowing it. I was about to say request, uh, granted. I just, but. I don't like the vibes that recruiting Doomer is putting out on the week of Zadavian Sims. I feel like he is already, some have not forgiven me and others for saying David Hicks day. And I feel like recruiting Doomer one is already, Smoking a victory cigar over Zadavian Sims. Okay, how about this? Your request will be tabled until Monday. Post Zadavian Sims commitment. That's fine. If he is indeed a Sooner, we will grant your request to change your name from Recruiting Doomer to Recruiting Boomer. And you have to say three nice things about Todd Bates on Monday for you to get that. (laughs) Which I'm not going to have to fish for some nice uh, comments on Todd Bates on Monday. There's going to be some people that said, okay, all right. Yeah, he missed out on a couple last cycle, but it's clear. Like, he was recruiter of the year by 24-7 sports. Like, I don't think the opinion overall is bad on Todd Bates right now. It's just a very select few that have a negative view of things. Saturday, I think, is when the uh, view by a small minority starts to change on Todd Bates. And in fact, Parker, if Todd Bates closes the way that I think he might close in this cycle... He's probably going to be one of the more popular recruiters that you have on staff. From the 405, Kansas looking like Toucan Sam. Kansas there can't was help a themselves. They like, just look like a basketball school. Well, and there was a time there where Kansas was not only the worst Power 5 football program by a long shot, but they had the worst uniforms <laughs> yes, by a long shot. Yes. When they were doing the chrome and the oversized logo <sighs> on one side of the helmets. Just try not like, to look like a basketball school. Same thing for Duke. It's like they just can't help themselves. Best uniforms, Ohio State and USC. 
Um, if we don't get Sims, got to get rid of Bates. I think I know who that is, Kenan. Throwing that out there, he may not be the uh, he may not be the only one that uh, has that thought come Monday on uh, Todd Bates. But I look, I, all all the predictions are in right now on Zadavian Sims. Doesn't mean that a signing day or signing day a commitment day surprise can't happen. But I think it's fair to say that a Tuesday of decision week. It just really doesn't feel like that's going to be the case. It feels like Zadavian Sims is going to pick OU, and then OU is going to have a top twenty-five class on every single every single recruiting platform that's out there, and maybe get you some real momentum going into the summer. Because it still feels like to me, Parker, that the bulk of your class might be added in the months of June and July with the barbecue and other recruiting events coming up this this uh, this summer. Yeah, the barbecue just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. We're confirming more and more official visitors for that June 16th weekend, day after day. And it's going to be a reasonably big official visit weekend on the 9th. I think the big storyline there is the two big-time cornerbacks that Oklahoma's going to have in town, Kobe Black and Marcellus Williams, Ooh, both okay, both OVing with Oklahoma on June 9th. Um, I don't think I'm breaking any news there. That's been reported already. But you're going to have those two guys in town. You're going to have – a top 200 composite offensive lineman, or a, co- a pair of them, actually, and Jason Zanamella and Weston Davis. So June 9th is not going to be the enormous weekend that the Champion Barbecue weekend will be, but it'll be significant. The answer to my question here, I'm going to go ahead and guess what the answer is before I even ask the question. It's probably going to be, well, ask me after those visits actually happen. But is there anyone visiting on for the Champion Barbecue or at any other time this summer? Like, just the visit alone makes you change your opinion at least a little bit on where OU stands in the recruitment. And really, I'm talking about Kobe Black here. But does that change your opinion at all about OU's chances? Or is there anyone else that's scheduled an OV or an unofficial and you say, okay, that's a pretty telling sign. I like the way that this is trending now if they're going to make the decision to, to come to Norman for that, for that visit. I would say Zandamella taking an OV is big time. Uh, I would say Casey Poe scheduling his visit at the end of July is actually a good thing for Oklahoma because uh, he gets the chance to see a whole bunch of schools that he either hasn't seen or has only seen once, and then he loops back around and takes his OV to Norman at the party of the palace, which should be reasonably – oh, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Concurrent with a decision timeline. So that'll be one I'm watching closely. Uh, Lags32 on the text line says, if Sims wants to continue to eat donuts at my donut shop in Durant, he will commit to OU. Sounds like you have so a stop they, to make on, on Saturday. I know. We got no some joke. on the text line that has a donut shop in uh, Durant. Listen, I will be Maybe there. stop by. I will be there Saturday morning. If there are donuts in Durant. Sugar Shane in Newcastle, does Bryant West Coast family not like OU? Uh, I don't think so. No, I think they just what? want him to take visits elsewhere before he makes his decision. Yeah, I mean, look, I, it might be unpopular. And this is one of the things that, you know, if you're looking at it through the perspective of a fan, because there are so many fans that would say, how could there be any experience that rivals? If you think any school compares to OU, you're not truly in with the Sooners. Well, if you're a 17-year-old kid and you're trying to make a decision that – has an impact on the rest of your life, and you're pretty certain you know what the decision is going to be, 
Well, then why wouldn't you take a whole bunch of free trips, man? Yeah. Like, go go somewhere like Clemson, which is kind of out of the way and tough to get to on your own dime. Take uh, a free trip out there. Make the most of OV season. Let me read a few more texts on the uniform slander or the gear slander, and then we'll move on. Blank you both. That's a great way to start a text. Blank you both. I will not tolerate Wyoming slander from the red and white lovers. So there you go. You didn't think that we would get pushback on that today. Certainly in the first segment, someone's saying, blank you both. Wyoming colors are awesome. I am not here for any Wyoming cowboy slander. Jim in Wyoming, I don't know if that's you, but... <laughs> it has to be. That 307 is the only area code in the state of Wyoming. So, uh, whoever that texter is, they're from the state of Wyoming. USC has McDonald's colors. Disgusting. Don't confuse tradition with looks good. Okay, they, they don't have McDonald's colors. <laughs> McDonald's colors are red and yellow. USC's is garnet and gold. I'm trying to think who actually does have McDonald's. Iowa colors. State, I feel like, has McDonald's colors. Iowa State is closer to McDonald's colors than USC is. Ohio Sooner, Mizzou's uniforms are horrendous. Can we love messages on here like an iPhone? I'm about to love this one. Mizzou's uniforms are horrendous, especially the numbers, <laughs> and that's not just because I don't like Mizzou. Ohio Sooner, you're my uh, you're my favorite texture. So uh oh, somebody today. said Verdon has bad Whoa! colors. Maroon and gold? Come on, it's it's uh, it's safe. Maroon and go- maroon and Vegas gold. Excuse me, Vegas gold's a nice look, right? What's the difference between gold and Vegas gold? I don't know, but it just sounds cooler. I guess kind of came up with it in high school. Vegas gold is our secondary color. That's what we're going with. Okay. What was your high school colors? Navy Probably. blue and white. Yeah, see, plain. Yeah, Mar- very, Mar- very standard. Uh, Brian and Tulsa, North Carolina. U- North Carolina's uniforms are BEA beautiful. Okay. Uh, one more, Parker's. You said yesterday you don't buy the Ohio State buzz around David Stone. Seems strange to me as well. Why is that buzz happening in the first place? Uh, there isn't buzz. There was one random prediction that makes no sense. There isn't actual buzz around David Stone and Ohio State. There's not. So. Take it with and take it with several hefty shakes of salt. That's well, the best way I can put it's it. It's not, you know what, Parker? Here's a prediction for you. It's not the last time that we hear about a random school all of a sudden. Hey, 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 hey. Should we pay attention to this uh the, the, this buzz coming in on, on David Stone? Uh, we've already heard that a few times. AM was that school, like what, over a month ago? Now you don't hear too much about AM, I guess. Now it's Ohio State. It'll be somebody in a month's time. You can go ahead and uh, lock that one up. David out. Stone's real good at playing the game. Yeah. And he's going to keep doing it. 405 651 3439 is the Meyer Chevrolet text line. A lot of recruiting to get to. I saw a graphic today. 2025 in the state of Oklahoma. Woo! There is a. Uh, It's a loaded class in 2025 with what it looks like right now. We'll compare that to other states across the country. A whole lot more. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Ref Army. Listening nationwide once again today. Houston, Missouri is on the app map today. Brandon, Mississippi. Fort Walton Beach, Florida. It is McPherson, Kansas, right? Spelled Mc, like McPherson. McPherson. Mc, I thought it was McPherson. Oh, is it McPherson? I don't know. Someone on the text line can help us out with that. I thought we said McPherson like uh, last summer. Let's ask like uh, Taylor Robinson. That's where she's from. Jonesboro, Arkansas. Grand Prairie, Texas. Can anyone tell me the former five-star uh, that OU got out of Grand Prairie, Texas? 
We'll see if the Prairie. see if the text line can uh, get that one. Small town of the day, Tishomingo, Oklahoma. So thank you. I've been through Tishomingo. Isn't that where Blake Shelton currently lives? Does he does he live in Tishomingo? Oh, does he, does he's he got really? uh, old Red. He's got a restaurant that's there. Interesting. I don't know. I think he I may know. live there. At least he's from there. But, yeah, we need to find out if that's McPherson, Kansas or not. Rhett Bomar is the former five-star from Grand Prairie, Texas, by the way. Rhett Bomar is what we were looking for. And I, I went on Rivals today, and I looked at every single recruiting class ranking for OU since 2002. Like, the earliest recruiting rankings that they have on file is all the way back to 2002. So, why don't you go ahead and take a guess, Parker. In the past 22 recruiting cycles... How many times OU's had a top five class? If you had to guess, past 22 recruiting cycles, how many times has OU finished with a top five class? Three. Three times. Wow. exactly right. Yeah, nice job. 2019 was ranked number five. We talked about that class a lot. A little bit of a sore subject there. In 2005, they had the number three overall class. In 2003, they had the number four overall class. So three times in the top five in the past 22 years. One time in the top three, way back in 2005. So when we said uh, several times back in, you know, last year, hey, this 2023 class could be your highest ranked class you've had in, you know, maybe ever or at least in a long time. And that's your fourth highest ranked class that you've ever had before. So it's ranked pretty high. And we'll see if OU can even improve on that with uh, this year's class. But going to have to going to have to close on some of these defensive linemen if they want to get in the top five this year. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned the 2025 class in the state of Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, and, and it was on three that did this. Where the player, or where the top 300 players from 2025 are from. OU has, excuse me, OU. The state of Oklahoma has seven players currently in the top 300 from its state. Arkansas has one. Kansas has five. Missouri has four. Illinois has six. Pennsylvania has seven. North Carolina has seven. South Carolina has two. I don't know if this is shaping up to be one of the deeper classes that OU, that yeah. Oklahoma's had in, in quite some time, but, man, that's pretty good to have seven of the top 300. Does it list, does it list which players? Are no, the top it doesn't. I, okay. I mean, I can go in and find it, but we could probably guess. I mean, yeah. you're talking about C.J. Nixon, I'm sure, is going to be on that list. Elijah I mean, Thomas yeah. from Shakota. Caden Knighton from Winniewood, um, Jaden Nickens, obviously, uh, probably Alexander Shield Knight from Wagner. So, yeah, look, it's a deep class in the 2025 cycle for the state of Oklahoma, and we've been talking about the fact that it was on track to be quite a deep class in terms of P5 talent for over a year now. It has, It's never been hard to peg 2025, at least not recently over the last two, three years as one of the cycles that was going to be outstanding within the Sooner State. Yeah, and the trend that we keep bringing up, the state of California, they're still looked at as an elite state, but it kind of feels like they're the fourth best state now instead of easily top three in terms of talent producers. Top 300 in 2025, California has 32. Well, Texas has 53. Uh, Georgia has 33. Florida has 37. So really the big three now? Feels like it's Texas, Georgia, and Florida. Are, are we there yet? Like I, We've I, been there. Yeah, I, I feel there. like we have, too. Like California is easily number four, but it's definitely four. And it's not a huge gap between California and maybe Florida or Georgia, but Georgia's now in the top three instead of the state of California. Yeah, Southeast has got so much talent. I would say the last decade or so, 
I don't know that there's been a state that has as steadily improved in terms of depth of talent at the prep level than Georgia because it used to be Texas, Florida, California, but in the last three, four years, I would say maybe five, you're primarily looking at Texas, Florida, Georgia, and things just continue to trend in that direction. And, and to me, Alabama is another state that sure, I would yeah. say is on track to eventually 15. eclipse California. Well, that would be massive. Okay, so that trend is obviously happening where, you know, maybe people are leaving the state of California, going to the state of Texas, going to the southeast. So let's say that this trend continues because I think it's going to. Does that hurt OU recruiting? Does that help OU recruiting? Or is it really not a factor for OU that much at all? I'd I'd say it hurts Mule Shoes recruiting. Yeah, yeah. But, no, I think it's a net positive for Oklahoma – especially given how many ties to the Southeast you have on staff right now. If you maintain continuity for the foreseeable future on your staff and you're able to retain not only Brent Venables as your head coach, but key assistants like Brandon Hall and Todd Bates who have worked in that territory in the past, you're going to continue to be able to make a foray into Alabama or Georgia or Florida and go snag blue-chip talent every single year. Uh, by the way, apparently, according to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, the locals say there's no fear in McPherson, so it's McPherson. We're getting a lot of that. Air Force Joe. Mc- McPherson is said like McPherson. Air okay. Force Joe. Okay, there you go. Um, from the 731, the 2019 recruiting class and Rhett Bomar mentioned in one Yeah, segment, sorry. There's a disturbance in the force. Yeah, we, we really need Zadavian Sims to come in on Saturday now after that little five-minute stretch, bringing up those two things for sure. Someone asked earlier, would you rather have a five-star defensive end or a five-star wide receiver? Well, I mean, in this year's class, I'd rather have a five-star defensive end. In any other class, I'd rather have a five-star defensive end. I, it, it, just any time. I would rather have a five-star defensive end more than a five-star wide receiver. In fact, which position would you want? I'm, I'm trying. Like, is there any other position you'd want least than than a five-star wide receiver? Well, it depends on context, right? It depends on the makeup of your team as things stand. And for Oklahoma, I I, I actually think there's a compelling argument that a five-star wide receiver might be more useful for the Sooners right now than a five-star defensive end because we talk about having a breadth of quality receivers that are capable of contributing but nobody that truly stands out. And we've talked about the fact that, well, Bryant Wesco gets to campus next year. He's going to play immediately. And, heck, Jaquay's Petaway might play immediately in an expanded role when he gets here this fall. But I, I would say in general – the answer for 60 to 70% of college football teams across the country is going to be the five-star defensive end. It also depends on the level of competition. Sure. You know, it depends on what conference you play in. It, it also matters the five-star, too. Like, if it's Julio Jones <laughs> is the five-star wide receiver, then I'm going to think a little bit harder about which one I would take because – not all five-star wide receivers are created equal. No. We found that out the hard way around here, at least recently. If you have a six-foot-five receiver out there that can go down the field and just great on one-on-ones, then if it's a game-breaker like that, then, yeah, the, the conversation is a little bit more real. But more times than not, especially with the conference you're going to, give me that five-star defensive end, at least me. By the way, OU Texas on ABC, that was announced today. We don't know the kickoff time just yet, 
but OU will be the road team this year. So this is the way that it's worked out for quite some time now. Is it still the case that Texas will be the one that gets to bring all the recruits and OU won't to get to bring any official uh, recruits to the OU-Texas game? No, it's OU's turn to host this year. Well, they're the visiting team. So the visiting team gets to they were the they were the home team last year. Oh, they were the home team, yeah. weren't they? Ah, oh, they were. Okay, so yeah, it's Texas's turn. Yeah, Texas will get the Texas opportunity hosts. this year. Yeah, that's right, because Colton Vosick was there in an OU hat, and then by the third quarter, he was gone. <laughs> yeah. Hey, at least he lasted until the third quarter, right? Surprised it was at midway through the second quarter that he uh, that he made his way over on the uh, the Texas side of things. Still, the uh, the best OU Texas recruiting story was uh, Adrian Peterson throwing the horns down during uh, an OU Texas game when he was when he was on a visit. So Texas will get the uh, benefit of hosting those recruits, and I- I'm sure there's a big benefit to that with those Dallas area kids that can make the easy trip over to the uh, to the Cotton Bowl to see that game, especially when they're on your own, when they're on your sideline. And yeah, obviously it helps when you when you win the football game as well. 405. Who was the last five star wide receiver that worked out? That is a phenomenal question. Um, because Malcolm Kelly wasn't five stars, right? I believe he was just four star. Let's think about the five stars in recent memory. Theo Weiss. Nope. Eh. Decent production. Would you say he worked out? Not as a, not as a five as star. As a five star, absolutely no. not. He did not live up to expectations. Jaden Hazelwood no. really didn't come close. Uh, before that, how far back do you got to go to find another five star receiver? Do you got to go all the way back to Trey Matoir? <laughs> Yeah, I think you, I think that you might, and obviously we know how that one ended. So, why do all these five star wide receivers? Why does it always have to end awkwardly? You know, Trajan Bridges, we got to bring up a situation. Trey McTwire, we got to bring up a situation. Forget panning out, Parker. Is there not a five star that's finished their career at at OU in recent memory? It's not awkward to talk about now. Hopefully, Bryant Wesco can make it through his collegiate Seriously. career without allegedly pistol whipping somebody or allegedly exposing himself in a parking lot. Jeez. CD Lamb, I believe he was a four star. Yeah, though, he correct? was a four star. A <laughs> lot, lot of pressure, Bryant Wesco, okay? Just don't do something embarrassing uh, by the time you leave OU and finish your career at OU as well. That'd be a pretty good place to start. 405-651-3439 is the Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line. A lot of recruiting, a lot of text to get to. We'll do that on on the other side right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref for the Homeless Sooner fans inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Drake Dykin texted me and said, D.D. Westbrook. Do you remember what D.D. Westbrook was coming out of high school? Yeah, Drake sent me that same text and a couple follow-up ones. I guess he looked into it and concluded that D.D. Westbrook was not actually a five-star. Okay. He, was, he was a four-star. I but. am on the all-time football recruits page on 24-7. Um, here's, <laughs> here's OU's top-rated wide receivers of all time in the you know recruiting rankings. Oh, no, this should be fun. Jaden Hazelwood. Okay. L. Uh, yes, why don't you keep track of these for me? Trey Matwire. Uh, Major L. Thea Weiss. <laughs> Trey, Trey Matwire again because he went to a uh, military academy after that. Oh, gosh. Uh, scrolling down, Mario Williams, who was a four-star. Lasted one year. Yeah. Left a- with Muleshoe. Adron Tennell, which I think his nickname was Pooh around here. <laughs> P-O-O-H. There was an H on the end of that. I don't know if he lived up to that four-star rating. And how about this one? 
Josh Jarbo, who I believe, did he ever even make it to campus? Uh, he, that made, video? he made it to campus. He didn't make it much further. Okay, so he did end up making it to campus when the when the rap video uh, was released. So the highest-ranked recruit, according to 24-7 Sports, that you have that worked out, and, and buddy, this one worked out. It was Malcolm Kelly, a four-star out of Longview, Texas, in the class of 2005. However... You have to go through about six misses to find a real hit with highly ranked wide receivers. All that to say, I'm not, I'm not going to say no to any five-star wide receivers. It's just time that the hit rate on the, that position improves. Oh, gosh. It, if Bryant Wesco doesn't pan out, if Bryant Wesco allegedly pistol whips somebody or allegedly exposes <laughs> himself, we're going to have to officially dub it a curse. Start having to go with uh, three-star wide receivers on the uh, northeastern part of the state in Oklahoma. Don't let Cole Adams have a big career at Alabama and Bryant Wesco not have a great career at OU if he ends up signing here. Oh, man. Hmm. What are we going to call it, the Jarbo curse? You know what? No one's thought of it that way, but that's probably what's going on here. we got to reverse the Jarbo curse. I don't know exactly what that means. Maybe the text line can help us out, but we got to reverse that Jarbo curse is what we got to do here. Brazilian Sooner says, do you think there are more five-star receivers than used to be since their position seems more valued? No, I don't. I think the number of five-star receivers remains pretty consistent. And in general, look, you're only going to have about 35 players every year that get the five-star designation. So, the numbers will vary just depending on where the depth is at each class. For instance, there were, what, six five-star quarterbacks a year ago in the yeah. class of 2023. I'd be surprised if there are more than two in the class of 2024. So you'll get variation in terms of how top-heavy each class is positionally. But, no, I don't think there are more five-star receivers these days than there used to be. I do I, I do just think there are a lot more receivers than there used to be. Everybody wants to play receiver. There aren't nearly as many guys that want to play defensive back. People right? want to play edge, Everybody too. wants to play receiver. Everybody wants to play edge. They are very, very deep positions when you're talking about prep-level talent. That's why you see guys like, oh, gosh, who was the Louisiana Tech kid that Oklahoma was in on for a minute? Trey Cleveland? Was that his name? Uh, but he was he was a two-star recruit in the class of 2019 or 2020, and he ends up going P5 via the transfer portal. You're going to have guys like that. You're going to have a Cooper Cup every now and again that ends up playing FCS ball but gets to the next level and dominates in the NFL because there are just so many receivers that it's, it's more difficult these days, I think, than it used to be to – whittle down a board and throw darts at the guys that you think aren't just studs at the prep level but are going to be studs at the collegiate level. Okie Drink Slinger sounds like OU has success with four- and five-star wide receivers like Georgia does with quarterbacks. They should stick with walk-ons, LOL. Trey Harris, that was the kid's name. Trey Harris, thank you for the correction on the text line. Uh, well, Georgia's hoping that they can um, they can flip their luck a little bit with five-star quarterbacks. In fact, I saw a quote from an anonymous SEC offensive coach on Dylan Raiola versus Arch Manning, oh boy. the number one quarterback from this year versus the number one quarterback last year. And the anonymous SEC offensive coach said, quote, in my opinion, he has a higher ceiling than Arch, end quotes.
so clandestine Dylan about it all. Raiola. Like I, I'm not an SEC coach, and I guess I do get paid to voice my opinions publicly, but I don't feel the need to be furtive about it. Yes, I think Dylan Raiola. <laughs> yeah, I think most people I, I, would yes, agree I think with the, that. I think yes. the consensus is that Dylan Raiola. You know who else a, has a higher ceiling than Arch Manning? Well, I, a lot of people would probably say that Jackson Arnold has a higher ceiling than Arch Manning, m- most likely. And, and we'll see if Arch becomes a uh, big-time player at Texas. I, Arch will get his opportunities to be a big-time college football quarterback, that's for sure. Arch Manning is the equivalent of taking a quarterback number one overall. Sooner or later, uh, you are going to play him. And he is going to be your starter. You know, it's interesting. I was actually talking to a pretty solid source last night, and Arch Manning got brought up. And in talking to that source, I was told regarding Arch Manning and his first spring at Texas, he's so robotic right now. And in ruminating on why that might be, it occurred to me, Tyler, that well, that's probably a reasonable expectation for a kid that's coming from two-way ball in Louisiana because – He's always been the most athletically superior player on the field. And if you've watched clips of Arch Manning playing high school ball, he's got edge rushers coming after him that are 5'8", 260. Right? So he's never really had to seriously improvise. He's never had anybody like P.J. Adabare bearing down on him. So it's not that shocking to me to hear that Arch Manning's biggest issue right now as a quarterback, as he adjusts to the collegiate level, is that – He's just not that good at doing anything off script. Well, and they I know Texas feels good about their tackles this year. Maybe they question the interior of their offensive line, but Arch is a guy that if he's going to play this year, you're right. Texas is going to have to have a really good offensive line, a really good offensive line around him. If he's going to play this year and he's going to have to play or if he's going to play at a high level. His wide receiver, uh, he's going to have to really have a really good supporting cast, I feel like, for him to have a big time year one. 817, you're talking like Bryant Wesco is already here. Did I miss a commitment? No, but I, it just, he's a five star wide receiver that's on OU's board that OU feels like they lead for. So we were just bringing up Bryant Wesco because of the other five-star wide receivers that haven't worked out. And really what we found out, Parker, is in the recruiting rankings era, there hasn't been a five-star wide receiver that's worked out thus far. In fact, there's been a couple of high-level four-star wide receivers that haven't worked out as well. Malcolm Kelly is probably your highest-ranked wide receiver ever, and he was a really good one, but he's probably your highest-ranked wide receiver ever that's, that's panned out here, and, uh, and he was a four-star. So... Got to got to change that a little bit here moving forward. By the way, Nate Roberts up the street in Washington. How about that Ohio State offer that he he's, just got? Look, he's going to have every offer in the country, and gosh, he's already got just about every offer in the country. That kid can play. Twenty twenty five tight end. He's 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 real good. Yeah, his stock has soared. By the way, a lot of people popping off in the text line because Lane Jenkins from Butler Community College just committed. And people have questions. Uh, I I know very little about the situation with Lane Jenkins. Here's what I do know: to my knowledge, I I want to clarify. This is what I think based on the conversations I've had. I'm not 100 percent certain on this. I think he's a scholarship addition. Um, here's um, what here's what Brandon Drum just said on Twitter. Uh, OU offers JUCO defensive end who could come in for summer workouts and play in the 2023 season. Doesn't say anything about if he's a scholarship guy or not. Okay, maybe we'll I'll I'll text Brandon and ask him. We'll clarify as to whether Lane Edwards or Lane Jenkins, excuse me, 
is a scholarship addition because I, I like I said, I think he is. I don't know for sure. Brandon will know for sure. He uh, he's a defensive end, and in his commitment photo, it's him standing in an OU uniform wearing number thirty-four. So, Lane, oh. either you got to change numbers or oh. P.J. Adabare is changing numbers. One or the other. Well, I wonder if P.J. Adabare is going to wear number four now since Jaden Davis has vacated. Maybe so. I hope so. I, I like the single-digit number there Dude. for P.J. Adabare. That'd be a good look. Dude, a 6'5", 245 guy coming off the edge wearing single digits? That's got to be terrifying. Uh, Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. 405-651-3439. How about this? We'll look into uh, OU's newest commit, JUCO defensive end commit, Lane Jenkins, during this break. And maybe we'll have another uh, – oh, you got one already? Confirmed scholarship. Oh, all right. How about that? Maybe we'll have another interesting nugget for you on Lane J- Jenkins on the other side. Final segment of Locked In's next. Final segment, Locked In with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. OU gets a commitment from Lane Jenkins about 15 minutes ago. He's listed as a uh, – 24-7 has him listed as an edge, six foot six, 255 pounds. And I guess he just played one year last year at Butler Community College. Is that is that what you're getting here? Uh-huh. Just played one year at Butler, so he'll have three years of uh, eligibility remaining. Can join OU in the summer and be immediately eligible for this year. Yes, and for okay. those of you that are VIPs on OUinsider.com, Brandon Drum just posted a fantastic, very informative update on Lane Jenkins. And I'm not going to steal all of his juice in that regard because – like I said, it explains everything. And so if you got questions about Lane Jenkins, head over there. But the sum and substance of it is that Oklahoma was very, very quiet and furtive in their pursuit of Lane Jenkins I'd because say so. he First was time I've heard of it. Kind, kind of a hidden gem and a guy that a bunch of other P5 programs were kind of starting to heat up on. And. Oklahoma made sure that they locked that thing down before anybody else could jump onto the scene. And so the big question now is how you make the numbers work because Oklahoma was already over on scholarships heading into the fall. But you were adding Jordan Tyson, or so you thought. Missed on Tyson, and so now you bring in Lane Jenkins. The Sooners will make it work one way or another. But, yeah, this is a guy that they believe has a really, really high ceiling off the edge. You don't hate 6'6", uh, 255. And y- you are looking for more consistent players coming off the edge to get to the quarterback. But numbers-wise, it felt like they were okay. So this signifies to me that if they were willing to you know, spend a scholarship on it, essentially, that they must really like the upside that Lane Jenkins has with three years of eligibility remaining. Oh, here's the cynical take from the 405. On the text line, we love wasting scholarships. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. We got that a little bit with the uh, App State offensive lineman Troy Everett and the Ferris State linebacker. Uh, why am I totally blanking on the Connor Ferris? Near? Yeah, yeah. Got more of that with uh, Connor Near. So, you know, just uh, just 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 uh, revisiting things. Seven three one says a lineman named Lane. First name starts with the J and is JUCO. Why does this sound familiar to me? Somebody else said 6'6", 255, future right tackle. Could be. Uh, what did Lane Johnson, what, did he, he was a Juco quarterback, right? And yeah. then, a, then he comes in as a tight end, and then we asked Bob Stoops that a couple of months ago, and he said, you know, I asked Schmitty what it would take for Lane Johnson to be an offensive lineman, and he essentially said a couple of cheeseburgers. And the rest has worked out just fine. Yeah, well, he went from quarterback to tight end to defensive line initially. 
and then jump back over to the offensive side and obviously end up being one of the current greats at the professional level at offensive tackle. So that's the hope with Lane Jenkins is that you found a diamond in the rough at Butler Community College and that this guy can become a key contributor down the line for Oklahoma off the edge. Camo Sooner, did y'all say Leroy Jenkins? That's probably going to be his nickname from some of y'all early on. 405, how many years does he have to play? I'm guessing three if he three just years. bit one year. Yeah, Butler. Three years. Which Butler, is Butler still known as one of the best, uh, Jay, I think it's still called the Jayhawk League, those Kansas Juco's that are up there? Because I feel yeah. like Butler's been known for that for quite some time. Yeah, Butler, it was more of a factory than it is these days but as much as a juco can be in 2023 sure. it's still a factory the transfer portal kind of rocked the boat for the juco circuit in general but yeah butler's still as good as they come you said ou is quiet in their pursuit of him yes ou's not even listed on his list of options on 24 so uh, indiana's listed on here as an offer Iowa State is listed on here as an offer. KU is listed on here with some interest, but there is no sign of OU whatsoever. So, yeah, that was that was quite surprising, but potentially a really good gift. So people just kind of discovered his Twitter profile today, and I guess he already had OU football commit in the oh, bio. Really? <laughs> he hadn't yet posted the offer. He hadn't nice. yet posted that he was committed, but I guess people just kind of noticed, oh, OU football commit, that's what his bio says. Wow, that's a, that's quite a bit of difference from a lot of the four and five stars that we talk about on a daily basis, right? I don't know which one you'd rather have, Leroy Jenkins not saying anything or a five-star saying everything, but that's quite a different approach, that's for sure. All right, The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked in The Ref.